Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show. Aaron Hapgood and Patrick Dangerfield for Real Adventures this morning. Good morning, Redmond. Morning, Patrick. And a nice uh, new start to the show there, wasn't it? I haven't heard that voice. one before. What are you, thoughts? Um, yeah, no, it was... I, I don't know. What were your thoughts? No, you're right? not happy. No, it was no, not as bad as our um, next one, but what do you mean hopefully it's changed. From, uh, no, it's all, it's all aboard uh, little sting a bit thing. Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, because I'm going to get myself sacked here. <laughs> <laughs> um, deployed back in uh, October 2011, Redmond, uh, New South Wales had their first offshore artificial reef yep. um, built and deployed. Um, and... You know, the Department of New South Wales Fisheries, have obviously, they do their research um, along the different artificial reefs that they've constructed. They send down divers and they, they, they get um, some images and they have, um, you know, a little bit of research that has just come back. And what it's shown is just the enormous um, sea life that it's produced over, you know, eight years, which is a relatively short yeah, amount of time. Do you think this is something that we need to start doing more around the country, investing in artificial reefs? Um, you know, some are obviously um, designed as marine parks. Others have been specifically designed to help fishers and recreational fishermen with their fishing. Is it something that we should be doing more around the country, do you think? Because oh. looking at what they've posted, um, it's quite extraordinary to see the amount of sea life everywhere. It's one of those uh, things that... You, you need to, the way to get them is by fishing licences. And I actually read a few uh, comments from a few of the South Australian guys. I think Shane was one of them. Yeah, and absolutely. Then they, they're happy to pay the money. They're happy to pay their 100 bucks a year for their three or five-year fishing licence as long as they're getting uh, the return and also... Um, well, well Shane's, Shane's comments, yeah, it was S.A. Angler's comments, yep. came off the back of, um, in Victoria, how uh, there'd been an increase in... Uh, fees when it came to marine licences. And it's not like when you see, um, you know, local government increase parking and everyone loses their absolute mind and people are just like, you can't do this, this is crazy. When it happens in the fishing space, I think anglers understand that the money that's actually um, raised, it goes back into what we need. You know, the infrastructure Mm. that we need is fishing. And it's something that I think... 
um, Shane's been really, really passionate for. And a lot of recreational fishers around South Australia have been really passionate for, especially with the snapper fishery in the state it's been. It should be the best place in the country to catch snapper. It, will, it has been. I was going to say, it was. But it's not now. No, because how monitored was it as well as how much is going back into that waterway? And it's just a, it's a travesty because it's such an incredible place it's to affecting, fish. It's affecting um, a lot of jobs, Pat, because... Well, just the tourism that it creates. Tourism, to know. the charter boats and also the petrol stations that people are taking their boats where you see 500 boats off Arno Lined Bay. Up. You're just yep. not seeing that. And yep, Ardrossan, you know, the, yeah. like you said, the, the boat ramp is the busiest place and it's... 5.30 in the morning. And it's just not... If they don't have, if, if your money's not going to the, the government to supply you with these uh, products such as artificial reefs, then you're also... You're going to lose out with the tourism there too because it's not going to give a pe- re- people a reason or a purpose to go there. Like what you're saying here with uh, in New South Wales, um, this one uh, was deployed when you said 2011, October? Yep. And the amount of bait that has gone... Uh, that is now holding on to this. Now, you've got to remember, it starts with bait, Pat. So, and that comes down right down to the smallest plankton that that, that sits on it, on the microorganisms, everything that sits on the start the stru- to build yeah. to the, the yep. concrete, if, if it's concrete, concrete, whatever it structure. is. But yep. that, that's what you just yep. said is not, is really important as well because not only does the money go back to what I was saying to the where they put it, um, which is the tourism side of it, it's actually the design of it. So it has to it has to be placed in the right spot, but it also has to be designed in the right um, manner as well to actually be able to provide uh, protection for those species. Now, what I mean by this and, is... And hold in the ocean because... Yeah, well, this is the big thing that I'm going to cover now. Just how powerful the ocean currents well, are. Here we go with Fisheries Victoria. I do a lot of work with um, Fisheries Victoria. And at the boat show, I sat down with uh, Dallas De Silva. He's a regular guest on Real Adventures. Yep, we're um, getting Dallas Second on. in charge of the um, fisheries, uh, Victoria there. And I sat down with him and we had a chat and he goes, Aaron, I want to sit down with you. I, I fish very hard out of the bottom end of Port Phillip Bay and the Bass Strait region. Now, I'd say I've, I've got a fair idea on how well, the species we catch basically everywhere. Um, I sort of know where where things work and things don't with the fishing side of things. And he sat down and he said to me, we, need, we want to work with people like yourself and the charter boat guys and a few others to put in an artificial reef around our areas, around the area. And I said, well... Why not? Like we we spoke, we had fisheries on probably one of our first shows, Pat, a few probably two and a half years ago now, whatever it was, and we spoke to them and I said, can you put something in off St Leonard's because it's a it's a it's a popular place, but and the other side of the bay they've done it and Dallas said, oh, we've trialed stuff, but the ground won't support the artificial reef, and I said to Dallas, I know for a fact that the ground, I know your science has sort of shown that it can't, but I know for a fact that it does. And he said, what do you mean? I said, because I know that many people that have dumped boats out there and, and cars, and I'm going to get myself into trouble here. But Pat, Pat everyone does, not everyone does it. A lot of people have done these over the years. And a I'm few talking of your, back from 20 years ago. A few of your dodgy ago. mates have. Yes, go on. And the fish hold on the structure. Yep. They do. I go out there and I, and I look for this structure and I catch fish nearly all the time. And I've got 20 marks off St. Leonard's, which has has boats, trolleys, who knows what it is. I don't even know what it is down there. Laundromats. <laughs> exactly. And what I'm trying to say is, I said to Dallas, it'll work. I think it'll work. And he said, well, can we trial it? Let's trial it. Pick a spot and let's trial it. And he's willing to do this. And I think it'll work just because I've sort of experienced how they've worked. This is something we were laughing about, not laughing about, but slightly being serious, actually putting in an underwater statue of uh, Rex Hunt. Cliff- <laughs> they actually at Clifton Springs. They're under- Squidly's sitting here. No, Squidly, they're on the way, are they? They're well on the way. They're getting worked on. 
What, uh, it's not actually of Rex Hunt, Rex Hunt but the actual statue is a... Yibbity yibbida. Yibbity. Eddie's actually got like a mouthpiece that comes out that says yibbity yibbida. Hey, Redman, um, King George Whiting, one of, uh, one of the... or probably the most popular when it comes to fishing out of Port Phillip Bay. Um, they're starting to really tag them now. Recreational yes, fishers are. are really starting to um, get involved. I think there's over 600 tagged. Over 600 fish. 36 recaptures so far. Do you know why there's no tag from me? Because I eat them all. Because you kill them all. <laughs> um, but it's going to be interesting to see this the data that they, yeah. they get back on them. Obviously, you spend a huge amount of time fishing for whiting. It's, and it's, it's what you created Red's Fishing Adventures for. That was one of your big business it's models. One of my big, it was my biggest market. Yep. And the thing with King George Whiting is, and now there's, there's, you've probably got numbers in front of you. I don't have them in front of me. But to do with their size and where they come from, where they live, and how, what age they head out to the ocean. It's so important to us wreck anglers um, to um, to be able to, to understand where they're going to be at the right times. But what I find more interesting, Pat, is when you catch them, there are certain elements that make it better. And I'll talk about that dirty water, your tidal flow, so on, so on, so on. Yep. It's amazing. I read one of those fish... Oh, numerous, numerous of the ones of those fish species, numerous of those species of King George Whiting were actually recaptured in the same area years later. That they were caught. They were caught. Yep. Now, which is, which is come back to what I was saying. So those fish that I catch at Queenscliff, when I go there and it's clear water in the middle of the day, where do those fish go? And then I go back there the next day and the swells come up. I'll catch them in the same spot that I did was three days ago. But yeah. Where do they go and how do they work in that area is really interesting, I find, because you might catch them in the same spot, the same area, but elements to actually be able to catch them in that spot is different to where they're actually going to, where they actually are the whole time. Because is it just, is it the trigger points to when they're feeding or is it the trigger points to um, like, what, are they only passing there through that time of the year or what it is? I don't actually know, but I'm really interested to actually start tagging the fish. But something else that's going on at the moment and it has been a long period of time is the calamari and the cuttlefish this time of the year, Pat, offshore. Now, I want to sit down with Fisheries Victoria and I want to go down and I probably won't dive it because it's a bit deep for me, but I want to know, are there eggs offshore our, this time of the year, and I said it last year, I believe that there is. I've never caught them on a hook. And I say that, you do catch your eggs when you run in squid jigs in the bay. We accidentally hook their eggs, um, the squid eggs. on really? your, your squid. Oh, nearly every time you go out, it'll nearly happen. Yep. Um, but these squid I'm catching have eggs in them. Um, you can see, I'm going to say the sperm in them. They're, they're like a strawy piece. Um, I don't actually know the scientific name. We'll call it the strawy piece. You can actually see it on the calamari and, or not the cuttlefish, but the calamari. And we're getting calamari up to three and a half kilo, Pat. Some monsters offshore. Really and they're, and they're, but yeah. you can get a bag of them. It's not short lived fish. Like you're, you're literally fishing and you'll get 20 of these uh, massive calamari in our oceans. And they're right from Western Port right along to Apollo Bay. So. What happens? Do they respawn again? Is it because the, in Port, they say they respawn twice in a year? Really, only once in Port Phillip Bay that I notice, and I and I've got a fair idea of when the, where they spawn um, in that early, late um, late oh, late of the year, December. Well, I think it starts in October, November, December. Yeah. So, do they do it this time of the year again in our offshore region? I don't know if fisheries have done much research, much research into it, but I'm really looking forward to it. And but it's uh, it's very interesting. And Patrick, it's time for you to put a wetsuit on. What do you mean? Well, the crayfish are going mental at the moment for wreck divers. It's two degrees at the moment, so I won't be doing that. So you won't be doing that? I won't either. No. I dive for my crayfish regularly, as you know. Yeah. I love my crayfish diving. If you are interested in um, diving for crayfish, 
it is a great time of the year to do so, besides the cold water. I'm going to touch base a little bit later on wetsuits. I was going to say that'll be in our review. But you can't take the females this time of the year, Pat. I think it's the 1st of um, June, I think you can't, or 1st of July, you can't take female. They're, they're carrying their they're carrying eggs, so leave them alone. The females, the big males, you can get. So if you are interested in diving, there's plenty of them around our whole coast of Victoria at the moment. And I know New South Wales and their green craze as well has been pretty good. Redmond, uh, before we get into the show, and you are listening to Real Adventures, uh, your week in fishing. For those that are on school holidays at the moment, particularly uh, Victoria, there's been a large sta- a scale stocking of cheetah trout into uh, cheetah trout. Cheetah trout. I've heard of that. Cross between a rainbow trout and a brook trout. Yeah. The cheetah trout. Uh, so there's been 1,600 l- released into Lake Parambit, uh near Camperdown. So that is obviously one of the, the more popular inland um, fisheries, and they're all at a catchable size. So fisheries released this, I think it was a couple of weeks ago they released the fish. So um, if you are looking to take your family and get involved in fishing throughout the um, you know, these school holidays, Beat is a perfect place to do that. Your week in fishing, Redmond? It wasn't as nice this week. It was a fair bit of wind around. Um, Challenging, yeah. I was actually going to head away and chase the barrel tuna off Port McDonald. They're fishing really well at the moment down off Port McDonald. Um, that was my plan of attack. But the issue is the, the swell come right up. But the good news with that, that side of it is those big whiting, those winter whiting that you only catch this time of the year in Port Phillip Bay. It's as good as it gets. Uh, fished really well. So they fished good through Queenscliff and the Point Lonsdale area. St. Leonard's, we pushed up there one day and we got a few fish, but I didn't like the size of them. So I come back down and worked really hard on just those bigger fish. So yep. I like spending the time on those bigger fish. They pull hard. And they're really fun to catch, those big fish, Pat. They, they pull really, really hard. And you're fishing in five knots of current sometimes, sometimes six. Like it's yep. not quite your Western Port standards for you. But, Western it, is port guys, but it is pumping. We're using yep. three, four-ounce sinkers. And it's, um, yeah, it's a great time of the year to fish. It was a bit cold this week. It was 13, 14 degrees at the end of the week. And like I said, a bit of wind and swell. But the fish itself, was uh, they were in good quality. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're joining the conversation. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for All Aboard, thanks to Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. We've got Dave Ballinger from Snowy River Tackle. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Well, not too bad. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we've got a few questions to ask you what's going down in that Gippsland area of the report, Patrick. Well, especially with the uh, the, the mouth of the snowy Still open. open, yep. Dave. Obviously, that, yes, uh, definitely, that's... definitely. Keeps the options open when it comes to, to chasing a feed. Yes, yes, absolutely, boys. Um, it's, um, you know, as they say, if there's no fly, there's no go. And uh, when it was shut, that certainly was the case. Um, look, but we're in the middle of winter now. Things things do quieten down in the winter time. Um, but you, you can still catch um, uh, a feed of fish if you hunt around. Like, you know, the brim could turn up uh, anywhere. A lot of reports on smaller brim at the moment, um, yeah, a lot of them, um, and, and, and little ones, you know. This is a bait fish hose, um, you know, using um, sandworm, etc. Um, but um, some of the uh, the lure fishermen, um, you know, plastics and, uh, and hard bodies actually coming into play this time of year. So if you want to, um, you know, get around um, the upper, uh, the upper snowy a little bit, you know, head up, head down to up towards Orbost, actually, um, 
and that's right. There's, there's a lot more fishing up there at the moment than downstream, uh, and that's the same from the uh, for the Brodjib as well, like up towards Lake Curlip and um, you know between you know those who know it between Table Landing and the mouth of the Curlip. There's um, there's quite a few. Um, Quite a few brim estuary perch also. Um, funnily enough, they're taking some some um, some top water, um, you know, lures like your your uh, OSP bent minnows, etc. Um, and uh, which is you know which is exciting fishing actually. Um, you know, fishing top water. There's some um, also ludric. Um, you know, now the entrance is open. The ludric are coming in and out and. Um, and they're a bit, they're a bit strange down this down this neck of the woods. I take sandworm, you know. So um, a lot of other areas, um, you know, New South Wales, etc. They 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 chase. Um, they usually use like a weed or, or seagrass type stuff. But they take sandworm down here. They're meant to be vegetarian, so go figure. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, you know, also um, you know, you got your salmon and your tailor um, coming in out of the entrance. Um, there's a few. Um, People coming, <laughs> buying up more hard body lures because if the if the tailor, um, the, you, know, you know all about tailor, they'll knock off they'll knock off lures pretty quick sticks. So you know, so that's uh, it's good from a retail point of view, but it's not much good if you have, you're having to dish out, you, you know, thirty five dollars plus for a bent you know bent minnow, for example. So anyway, so there's plenty of fishing as far as these pelagics as well. Um, offshore, um, I haven't actually. Um, Chased. I've been as wide as uh, as a shelf or Everard or the horseshoe they call it, whichever, which is up towards Point Hicks and offshore that way. Um, there's a few uh, yellowfin and bluefin being caught, so um, and, and there was reports of a sword as well. But um, I don't generally get out that far, to be honest. But I'm just um, taking other people's word for it there. So there's a few bluefin and the odd yellowfin caught, uh, yellow yeah fin tuna caught as well. So um, the flat the flatties are quieting down a little bit. Um, uh, you, you, know, you still catch a feed of them, but you're not bagging out as you were. You know, when the water's a bit warmer. Uh, however, the gummies are still um, fairly, fairly. Um, you know, usually if you go out chasing gummies, you'll get a feed without any problems. They're a little bit smaller in the colder weather for some reason. Um, you know, three and a half to four foot. Um, I mean, they're good gummies, but um, but they're a little bit smaller than what they normally are in the in the uh, in the summer. You know, in the warmer waters. So. Yeah, so that's about all what's going on down here at present. Dave, just to chuck a cheeky out there, uh, what are the yeah. chances, if we get a nice current, that there's a little yellow-tailed kingfish swimming around one of those reefs out there? Yeah, well, look, I speak to a few of the... Um, there's a fair bit of app diving going. There's a few of the pro divers. Um, you know, they tell me they're there all year round. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, and they just sort of start feeding, and, you know, when the water temperature, you know, you know hits around about 15 degrees, and then, then over... Um, look, if you're lucky enough, you'll get some. For some reason, they, they just seem to quieten right off. Um, I mean, they're, they're most definitely there, but they're just not always on the chew. Look, but every now and again, I, I guess you'll um, you'll get a few. But look, you know, we don't we don't generally chase them off when the weather cools down under fifteen. Well, you know, when it gets down to say thirteen degrees, we just we don't don't bother. You know, but look, yeah, we know they're there, but they just don't they just don't um, along here. They just don't take the you know lures or or, you know, jigs. So. Dave, before we yeah. let you go, uh, we're in the midst of mm-hmm. the school. Ho- we're in the midst of the school holidays at the moment. Um, for families yep. just getting into fishing, uh, your tips and the easiest place to go and catch a fish if you're just starting out as a as a young fisher or a family trying to get into it. 
Yeah, well, look, you know, if you're land-based, um, you, you know, you don't need to spend a whole heap of dough. You know, if you just want to go bait fishing, you, you need a little bit of sandworm or a bit of prawn tail or something. Uh, on a running sinker rig, you, you know, on a, you know, generally, you, you know, 30 or 40 bucks will get you started, you know, but you can you can pay more if you like, obviously. But, but to try and work the tides a little bit, um, uh, if you've got ties, like as I'm talking like this situation here, like estuary situations, um, um, you know, um, running water at, at present, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're catching fish on the run-in tide, like usually an hour before and after the high, um, more so than a low tide. But, you know, sometimes at the end of the low tide, um, they, um, they'll, they'll start fishing, you know, it'll fish better as well. Um, but when it's you know when it's dead water, I mean you're likely to catch some you know toadfish and that sort of stuff. You know when it, when you've got slack water, you know. But um, but just a, a running sinker rig, and that means like the, you know the sinker running up down the line. You know we do normally have a longer leader here. You know, um, and two foot to three foot long, um, and down to your hook. But really, all you need is like a size two or size four hook, uh, and away you go. Really, it's. Um, pretty straightforward but you can you know there's plenty of land-based fishing here or there's jetties now it's a nice new jetty down at the project um uh, fishing platform i should say been installed recently and um um also there's a bit of a jetty down at marlow as well so it's um plus there's a lot of bank fishing all the way along um you have fairly, it, fairly easy oh. yep no you're right dave you can yeah, yeah yeah look yeah sorry guys uh, yeah but that's pretty much uh, all you know you don't need too much at all really well, there you go. All things from East Gippsland, Patrick. Dave from Snow River Bait and Tackle. Make sure you give him a call on 51548487 for all your tackle needs. Or a little bit of info what's biting down the uh, Snowy River, Patrick. Thanks, Dave. No worries, Pat. See you, Red. Beautiful part of the world, Remy. I always used to, in school holidays, go down and stay at Cape Conran. Got, got a bit of family down, down there. there, yep. Yep, just one of the great places to stay. The, the caravan park there set up on the beach. You'll have if you're bringing kids down there, you'll have the dirtiest feet of all time because it is a little bit uh, plenty of dirt down there, plenty of sandy sort of dirt. But it's a great place. And if you to escape take from the kids as well, you can head down to the, the pub and it's got a beautiful sunset that comes over the river. It's just a nice place, Patrick. That's uh, exactly right. <laughs> this is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. It's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Yes, it is now time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Your next summer break is waiting for you at bigfour.com.au. Explore and book today. And Patrick, if you're heading into a Marimbula area, make sure you stay at the Big Four Marimbula Twin Waters Holiday Park. It's a lovely joint down there. I oh, love Marimbula, Redman. Who's up first, Pat? We've got JC, Jim Credlin from JC's Bait and Tackle in Swan Hill. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, fellas. How are you? I was actually sort of near your way on the weekend, Jim. Not quite, but nearly there. Where were you? Oh, Negambi, sort oh, of. that's right. Up, yeah. up that way. Well, that's uh, it. uh, hours away. That's hours away. I actually, I actually put it into Google to see how close I was, and I was up there. I'm like, yeah, Jim, we're not coming to say good day. <laughs> what's going? What, what's biting? What's biting, Jim? Yeah, yeah look, mate. Uh, in the Murrumbidgee and uh, in the Maud Weirpool, mate. Uh, there's some some nice cod. Uh, Getting caught there. One bloke sent me a photo of a couple of nice cod around the 70 to 80 centimetre mark that he caught on um, a bass bang in fluoro uh, white 4x4 spinnerbait. 
spent all day casting and uh, towards when he was about to finish up he, uh, he landed his couple of nice cod Look, um, anyone ahead in Mildura, um, the yellows have really come on the bite up there. Um, Wayne Turner sent me some photos. Last Tuesday he uh, trolled um, uh, a lure that you, you guys will guess what it was, what it will be. <laughs> That's an orgy. An orgy. Yeah, it has to be an orgy. <laughs> yeah, mate, look, he got 11 yellows uh, on the troll, and then he went to Merbeen on the, the next day. And he landed a 70-centimetre uh, cod and a 41, a 30-centimetre, uh, 35-centimetre yellow belly, also on the same orgy. So heading up that way, yeah, get you, uh, take your lure box with you. Look Jim, at what, um, uh, what, what, in terms right. of the troll, the troll speed for the yellows, um, what do you recommend? Are we just in gear trolling for them? Yep, just, just walking pace. Yeah, virtually. It's yep. real slow. So, you know, if you've got a bigger motor, it's a bit harder. Probably better off uh, trolling back into the current. Uh, if you're trolling with a petrol motor into the current, you, it, uh, it depends how low you can get it down. It's probably a little bit too quick. So troll back into the current, which then you're sort of pushing against it then. If you haven't got an electric motor, that is. Look, yep. um, the Belser Island, there's some good-sized yellow belly getting caught there on uh, shrimp and crushed jabbies. Still getting uh, some shrimp around at the moment, which is unusual this time of year when the water being so cold. It's only about nine degrees, I think, at the moment. Uh, but I heard yesterday there's some blokes um, put their nets in up around Nile, and they got so, a lot of a lot of shrimp. So uh, locally here at uh, Swan Hill, one guy had a day out last week, got a ninety, an eighty, and a seventy centimetre cod on bait. Oof, good cod. Yeah. What sort so of bait are we talking, of, uh, Jim? Well, it was uh, would you believe it, it was chicken and garlic. <laughs> you, the fish you catch are seriously got they have got issues up there I'm telling you Patrick <laughs> I thought you'd smirk at that <laughs> yeah look it's probably the you know the, the, I don't know the smell or the fattiness or whatever but anyway these uh, these guys took a liking to it and uh, it made his day that's all that matters that's all that matters mate exactly right so the, the weather's been sort of quite good uh, getting out with part of a few days with rain but you know, the days have been sitting around 14, 15, 16 degrees in the sunny, so um, it's going to be the same again, I think, next week. So um, people are still sort of getting out and having a go, rugging up, and uh, you'll go catch a fish. Beautiful work. There you go. Perfect. Thanks, Jim. No worries, fellas. Jim Credlin from JC's Bait and Tackle. Barry Sullivan joins us for realbrand.com.au. Good morning, Baz. Morning, Patrick. Morning, Aaron. How are we? Going morning, well. Baz. I sort of knew Baz as well the other weekend. Baz, you've just uh, you've just ordered a new boat. It's all happening uh, up your end of the world. Did he pull the wallet out? Did he power? Pull the about trigger. It. Oh, there you go. Yes, I have. Um, it's uh, made the wallet a little bit lighter, but I'm very excited. Sold a kidney. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, a Stady 1550. So um, yeah, got a few bells and whistles on it. So I'm looking forward to giving it a run. Well, there you go. But that's a that's a nice little boat. You've even got one yourself, Pat. I do, Baz. One of the uh, key components of your new boat is, of course, the Minn Kota. Going to be important when you're sort mm-hmm. of spot locking and chasing a few uh, a few cod up your way. How's it been fishing? It's been very cold, obviously. Um, have you had any time to chase a few fish? Look, I have gone out and had a had a bit of a splash around. There's been a fair bit of um, rain recently. And that's uh, obviously made the waters quite murky uh, and the rivers are flowing uh, pretty well at the moment, which is what they need at this time of the year. So fishing is a little bit tough. However, offsetting that, uh, the barometric pressure has been right up there, which is uh, allowing uh, at least some fish to to take a lure occasionally. And I have 
caught one or two, but uh, yeah, long way in between. Baz, what about the top water fishing? It's been interesting from a few reports we've had this morning. Um, Dave Ballinger from Marlow, uh, the Brim and EPs have been fishing quite well with lures. Um, are you favouring bait or, or or spinning this time of the year? Well, I'm also favouring the old top water, the old surface lures, um, making as much noise as you can in in the uh, spots where you've got back eddies with uh, logs and the water's um, you know a little bit quieter, uh, and that's where I get my success. So I guess trying to use uh, bait in the fast-flowing rivers uh, becomes a bit problematic. You get snagged up a fair bit. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, it's it's just hard work you've got to put in, but that's always my, my preference at this time of the year. Do the fish get... And also it's worth trying some of the um, creeks and streams as they sell up a little bit too. So, um, yeah, you never know what you might get. Do you find that the fish get more, like, lethargic or slow um, to do with the colder that- water, or is it just purely off your barometer? Uh, look... They certainly sw- slow up in the colder weather, especially the smaller fish. Um, in the you know, warmer waters, the you know, 50 centimetre and below are prolific, uh, but you hardly get uh, many of that size. You're more likely to get the bigger fish uh, up around you know, 60 centimetres and above. Uh, but look, there's also been some interesting activities around electrofishing uh, over the last few weeks, which has been showing some some good positive signs as well, where um, the carp numbers have been declining a little bit, and uh, yeah, there's still some really good um, you know cod, even some of the um, reintroduced uh, species like the Macquarie perch uh, have been uh, showing up around the Ovens River. Uh, they did some stocking there. Uh, Around 100,000 have been released over the last six years, and, and they're starting to really show some, some traction there. In so fact, did... someone told me that they'd caught, caught a cod up at um, the upper reaches of the ovens and it had five Macquarie perch in it, so uh, <laughs> they must be quite tasty. So does that give you good confidence, uh, you know, heading to the back end of winter and into summer, that it's going to be a, a good year for fishing, Baz, with, with reduced carp numbers? I think it will. Yeah, I think it will. Um, the year seems to be getting, every year, that there's more and more native fish, um, especially trout cod. Even though you're not allowed to keep them, you, they're certainly good fun to catch. And, you know, I suspect some of those, you know, introduced uh, species like um, the Macquarie perch and even yellowbelly, there's been some good releases of yellowbelly. And some of those have been tagged and they're, they're showing they're moving up and down the, the river systems uh, and, and that's going to be another, you know, a, a good fishing option for people using um, shrimp uh, just underneath the willows and things like that. Um, yeah, they're good eating fish too, the old yellowbelly. Beautiful work, Barry Sullivan for realbrand.com.au. Thanks for your report this morning, Baz. No worries at all, boys. Thanks, Have a Baz. good weekend. Redmond, your report for all things salt water. You've obviously spent a fair bit of time down the coast. Chase Tuna off Portland. Um, yeah, fishing Port Phillip Bay. Your report fishing's great along the whole of our 
coast from from where I can Western Australia right around tipping the top's always good so it's it's there's a lot on offer at the moment you've got Port McDonald Barrels right now Portland School Tuna Port McAfee School Tuna don't forget the bottom fishing you can go to Port McDonald and uh, Portland you can catch big Morwong you got Snapper Gummy Sharks School Sharks down there we have it great which are all fishing really well at the moment we have it fantastic out of Port Phillip Bay Heads but going down there it's just another on another level. Like it, it is really good over there. Is it different because fish? of the re, the there's not as many people fishing it? No, I reckon it's to do with the reef structure. Ian, uh, we always talk about the Port Phillip Bay heads. Our reef structure finishes at around that thirty meter line to forty meters, and then we have nothing from here to Bass Strait. We have nothing, just sand, just vacant yep. sand. We're down there, right through to the continental shelf. There's ground for fish to live on. There's just when you've got reef, you have life. Uh, we'll push back up to uh, the Bermagui region, plus Sydney. Sydney, some yellowfin tuna, monsters. That whole the, the bluefin have been so spread out. It, um, they're not. They haven't been red hot in certain areas. They've been a bit in harder. one particular. Yeah, spot, they've yeah. been a bit harder to to locate. Um, you got to work together on the radio because Lee Rayner spoke about this with us probably this time last year, and he said the more boats that actually help each other, the longer you can keep the fish up by cubing them, and yep. the more fish you're all going to catch together. So working together is the key. And like I said, right down from Eden, right up to Sydney, there's fish spread all amongst them. Um, Wyala as well. There's a couple of charter boats out there. Wyala fishing charters have been getting some really, really nice snapper too this time of the year, which is great to see because it hasn't been red hot, the snapper for them, over the past um, yeah, few years. But they've been quite good. They're getting bag limits of fish, which has been great to see. Not your big, typical monsters. A few good ones, but a lot of that... Five kilos is beautiful fish to catch. You'd be happy with that out of Port Phillip Bay. And then Port Phillip Bay, the squid are in there everywhere. If you school holidays, you want to get out, go catch some squid. You've also got um, offshore snapper. You've got our offshore reef fishing too, as in uh, like your pinkies, your, your, your gummy sharks, and you've got the wrasse down there if you do just want to catch fish for when you're taking a, family a child out. out. Yeah. Yep. So there's plenty on offer on our whole coast at the moment, and um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's all good signs. If you want a report around the country, make sure you're joining the conversation and send us in some feedback uh, realbrand.com realbrand.com.au realadventures.com.au or on our Facebook page we can source a reporter from right around the country but that was the whip around Redmond it was whip around for Big Four Big Four Australia's favourite holiday parks now it's time for the social club thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres what are you building for Henry Olak what's the best way to introduce my son to fishing He's eight years old and has shown a bit of interest. It is, is it best to go to a trout farm where he's guaranteed to catch a fish or straight for the bay? Now, that's a pretty good question. Yeah, I like is. the idea that he's thought about catching. Catching, because that's the best way to get kids into fishing is to actually get the reward quickly. Take them out four times and then the fifth one, catch them something so they're like, have to work hard. <laughs> no, um, good idea. Trout farms always good. It's they'll make him. Well, I think it's a great idea, but I think it it's, really is. Yeah, I think it's um, it's you're going to go there and you're going to catch a fish. Why not? It's it's good. Um, <clears throat> the only problem is when you can bring him back to reality to saltwater, it might hurt him a bit because yeah, it's, you, a, bit it's a bit more yep. challenged. But then you've got to think, think smart. And we speak about it. We have this question a lot: squid fishing, and like I just said before, reef fishing. I was going to say. What about just going to catch a ras? If you if you go go on, because kids don't don't care. No, they, they just don't. want to catch. As long something. as they're wanting something in, they can feel it through the rod. They couldn't care less. Yep. Australian salmon is a great one to have because the reason they're acrobatic, you can see them jump out of the water. You can often see them busting up everywhere as well. Fun to catch, and they're fun to catch. More importantly, so um, yeah, I, I just the best way to introduce them. 
yeah, I can't. I reckon you've nailed on the head, Trout Farm. You're going to catch a fish. The other thing is just making sure that if you're going to, if the first time's on a boat, make sure the conditions are good. Because yeah, don't scare them. There's nothing worse than seasickness on a boat. Yep. <laughs> there really isn't. Don't. And that will destroy the experience. And if it's choppy and there's noise going around, you don't want them to be. Oh, like I said, how old? I think he said he was eight, didn't he? Yeah, yep. eight. Yeah, eight's still young, so he's still a young kid. But um, yeah, that's definitely the time to start getting him into catching barrel bluefin tuna. <laughs> <laughs> David Lee, how do you rig for calamari offshore? Oh, good question. Um, with the calamari offshore. It's a little bit, it's not a poor flip bay where you're fishing in three to five metres of water. You can be 25 metres right through to 40 and they inhabit all these reefs like I spoke about at the start of the show. And you can listen to any of our shows on iTunes, Pat. You just go to the podcast app and uh, check out, type in Real Adventures, hit the subscribe and you can listen to any of our shows. So if you are interested in hearing what we've had to say, check it out. With the calamari, when you drop it down, I drop it down on a sinker. So a whiting rig yep. is my squidgy rig now. So a four ounce sinker with a nice 50, 60 centimetre um, you don't want it too long because it will get stuck on the reef. Your leader, I'm yep. talking about, away from your sinker. So just a squid jig on the end of it. But how you know they're there is a lot of the time your rod's here sitting in the rod holder and then you just see your rod getting weighted up and down. And that's the squid pulsating trying to pull the gummy shark bait. Yep. So another good way as well is actually put one of those gummy shark baits on. I, I, I actually put a swivel through the skin of the actual salmon filler and then through the top of a squid jig spike. You know the spikes I'm talking about? Yep. The, the jig yep. spikes? Yeah, one of those, and that works really well too. So there's a couple of ways you can catch yourself a calamari. Angus Graham, through mount or dash mount for mounting your fish finder? I'm assuming fish finder, chart plotter, etc. What do yeah. you prefer, Redman? Cause I, I don't I, think anything looks neater than it, that it actually put into, if you've got the space, then actually put in front of you into your dash. Agreed. As long as you've got a good angle on your dash because there's nothing worse than when you do look from the back of your boat to your dash and because of the angle of your screen, the reflection you can't well, see. Even anything. when you're driving, if you've got the wrong angle, when you wear polarized sunnies, what happens is it actually darkens your screen completely. Yep. If you're standing too tall and not getting the right angle, you're trying to turn your head or move changing the sun. Yeah, up trying and down to all see day. the yep. screen as well. So if you're standing next to me on the side and I'm looking at my screen in front of me, a lot of the time if you've got sunnies on, Pat, you won't be able to see the screen if you've got polarized sunnies on. Yep. If you're standing in front, you can see it clear as day. So yeah, you are you are correct there. Make sure it's in the right spot for a few reasons. That not- doesn't answer the. It looks neater. Oh, what was it? So he asked. Well, through what, mount or, or mount? Yeah, no, I'm going, I'm going, it has to, just flush mount it. Just, it looks neat. Yeah, this looks nice. You've changed. Like, whatever happened to the practicality of being able to Let me finish my second part now. Then you want another one up on the dash. <laughs> you want two of them, one up on top of the dash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show to join in the conversation. And you can catch us on, on Twitter as, and as well as Instagram. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. Escape with BF Goodridge Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. Escape with BF Goodridge Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Redman, it's time for Red's tip. Now, you've spent a little bit of time travelling around the country. You're going to focus on... 
hippies this week. So Red's tip for New Age Caravans, visit your New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan, newagecaravans.com.au. Well, that's my tip, Pippies. You've said it. <laughs> no. So last week... So targeting tip yeah, Pippies. Last, it's not just about going to any beach and then just looking for them. Do you know how expensive Pippies are? I'm not joking. Yeah, they're 15 bucks a pack. Like, it's ridiculous. We are, we're we in Portland. We did something a little bit different. And but there's numerous places along the coast, but Portland is a great place for them. And there's a, you've got so many beaches down there. The North Shore, you've got uh, down Bridgewater, and you've got Nelson. And there's so much coastline. And... It all has pippies. And what I mean by that is ten, it's 10 centimetres to the surface, um, to not much deeper than 10 centimetres to the surface is where you're going to find them. And how you find them is the pippy shuffle, they call it. And you literally stand in the water with your legs and you walk along the beach. A couple of key points to where how, how you're going to, um, when you're going to go for them is you want low tide. Yep. Now, we stuffed up a bit. We went on low tide, but we went on a six-meter swell. So when you've got a six-meter <laughs> swell, the problem is there's no such thing as low tide. The waves... So one minute, Pat, we were no water at our feet, and then just doing the pippy shuffle, and then two seconds later, we're running, 100, we're running 100 miles now. Going, ah, there's a wave coming. So it's, uh, it was one of those things where we, we got a handful. We got a fair few pippies, but we worked hard for them, a lot of shuffling. Yeah. So it's, wh- great to, it's a great way to get kids into fishing. This is what I was going to say. With yeah. school holidays, um, we've got some northerly winds. I know the, swells, the swell comes up. Up a little bit, but if we the northerly winds are here, northerly is offshore winds, so it's actually really warm down there. We're in t-shirts because you do it, you're moving the whole time. It's non-stop, and what you do is you stand there and you literally put your feet in the sand and you just start doing side to side with your feet, just literally side to side. And your kids will get you all your bait you need. Exactly, and you can have a beer and sit back and watch them and enjoy the atmosphere. But no, seriously, how you feel them is just you can just feel something hard under your foot. If you find one. Get, get the kids and the boys over to the little area you're in because yep. they're usually in a bed. So you can pull in one spot. You might pull 30 or 40 pippies in the matter of a space of a couple of meters. Yep. So get everyone nice and close. So if you are looking for something to do school holidays, Portland, if you are down that region, make sure you uh, travel along that beautiful coast there too, Pat. But just be mindful. On it. You're taking kids. But it's a, it is a strong beach. Um, like a current beach and yep. big waves. So just be a little bit mindful. Maybe keep them up the beach a little bit if you are taking young kids. But if you pick the day and the weather, which you should be doing anyway, to get the more quality pippies, you'll be, um, you'll be laughing. That was a Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Now it's time for the flying gaff for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. I'll tell you what isn't a perfect outdoor companion <laughs> or a companion at any stage. Now, our great friend... Friend of the show, the human squid. Um, we we caught up for lunch earlier in the week, Redmond, um, in a public place where there's other people around, um, and our mate squid decided to wear Ugg boots in public. Does that shock you? It disgusted me. Yeah, well, I've been dealing with this for years now. I hate it. I'll make this very, very clear for anyone. They are designed for Sundays at home, wearing track pants, when you never leave the house. So for anyone out there that thinks it is in any way um, acceptable to wear Ugg boots in any public space, it is like smoking. It is forbidden. You shouldn't be doing it. So Human Squid, you have the gaff this week for embarrassing Aaron and I. We didn't want to walk the streets with you. Buy yourself some shoes. I hate Ugg boots. I reckon they're so unhygienic, oh. stinky, dirty Oh, the, the squid just couldn't believe it. That was the flying <laughs> gaff. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Um, 
send us a tag. Actually, tag a, tag a friend in. We'll put a post up of exactly what the human squid look like. Because if you've got a mate that just wears his Ugg boots everywhere that he shouldn't, you know... Passive aggressive, let him know. At least he had pants on. <laughs> and post him up. We'll catch you next week for Real Adventures. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.